This episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. So in addition to being a podcast host, I love to help people feel more creative and confident when it comes to their makeup and skincare. And I know we're all inside right now and we're all trying to be a little distant from other people. But I'll tell you what, when I put on a little bit of makeup, it makes me feel good about myself. I may still be wearing pajama pants. I may not have a bra on, but if I've got a little <laughs> bit of mascara, I feel dang good. You know I what, you know what I world. know? I know a lot of things, but this one thing I definitely know what? is I don't got a bra on either. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, my friends. So my favorite mascara, my 4D Epic Mascara, gives you the look of false lashes, very dramatic, curls your lashes, separates them. It's on sale for you, our listeners. You can head to minutewithmary.com slash discount. And if you have any other needs, skincare or makeup related, know that I am here. I'm right here on my phone, helpful, uh, ready to help you with any questions that you might have. So once again, search the hashtag minutewithmary. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Sing me a song of a last song. Sing that last Great vibrancy of that chord at the end. I love it. Welcome, my friends. Yes, Blake and I always talk about the music in these this season, it seems, and it's rightfully so. My name is Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm ready for this. I'm ready. Yeah, For those of you who are listening to this on the podcast right now, welcome. Thank you very much. This is the listener feedback episode. And not only are we doing the podcast, we are live streaming to yes. Facebook, we are live streaming to Instagram, we are live streaming to Twitter, all at the same time. And then for those of you who are watching us on YouTube later on, welcome to the party, pal. So excited. We have, we're going to have some fun tonight, and uh, I, I'm just... I'm just really excited because uh, actually we have one of our one a of very our exec- special guest. We have one of our executive producers joining us today. Mary, why don't you do the honors and ask her uh, to to join us? Apparently, my computer doesn't want to. Uh... <laughs> I hear her. <laughs> Hold on. I hear her. There she is. Yay! There she is. Oh, my goodness. So Peg, of course, is one of our executive producers. We have a slew of people who are very generous in helping support OutlanderCast at OutlanderCastClan.com. And the most treasured of those people are the the most just there get to come on our show, the executive producers. Now, our daughter is with us for the moment. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is the beauty of live podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. You get all of it. You get every single ounce of what's good, what's bad, and our kids. <laughs> so, Peg, tell us where you're from and how you got to know Outlander. Well, I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I joined the clan uh, in the first episode. Wow. <laughs> so that's been, it's been, been a while. I think, Mary, you, you hadn't had your um, We Last yet. Yes. So that was a while ago. Um, but I'm a retired banker. I was a branch manager for lots of years and uh, then took a retirement job with the airlines. So I work from home and have for the past five years. So the staying at home isn't anything different for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had an, had an opportunity to, uh, to visit Scotland in September and we went to the Culloden Battlefield, and I actually picked up. You know, guys, you can see it's probably backwards. Is it? Oh no, no she's got some. Showing she, up. She's yes. got some Culloden. Uh, what's that? Whiskey. Culloden whiskey. Nice. So I've been waiting for an appropriate, you know, celebration to drink it. And next yes. thing you guys have your whiskey. So you know what? My glass. Slangeva. That a girl. I nice love pour. it. Look at us. We're on opposite That's sides of the country. There. there we go. And we are having a bevy together. A wee dram. Slangeva. Slangeva. All right. As we get to talk about our favorite show. Well, that's not too bad. Not there much of a whiskey drinker, but you know, it's still pretty good. She'll take it. It's the perfect thing <laughs> to have it. while you're talking about Outlander, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So of but course we went on, we went on a tour, and I can recommend we took the um, Heart of Scotland tours, did mm. a five day um, around the Highlands, and they did an excellent job. So if anybody, you know, once 
people are traveling again. Heart of Scotland tours was really good. Ooh, good to know. Exactly. Because that's one of the things. When this is all said and done, we are going to hopefully be planning a trip to Scotland. So we're very, very excited about that. And in the in the future, of course, our kids need to be a little bit older, and we'll get all this rolling. So, Peg, you're going to be joining us, of course, for this episode, which is listener feedback focused. Um, mm-hmm. Blake and I, on the previous podcast episode, talked about all of our opinions, and we have you know, gotten responses via email, via outlandercast.com website, via our outlandercastclan.com site. We've gotten things from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. We have gotten people's feedback and we cannot wait to share. And I can't wait to also hear your thoughts about this as well, Peg. That's right. Okay. So, so, uh, Mary, do you got an opening take? My opening take is that um, I, I I had a lot of fun at this episode. I'm a sucker for a wedding. <laughs> sucker for a wedding. I'll be the next Lord John Gray. Yes, I'll take it. Peg, you got an opening take? Opening take? Um, yeah, that was pretty fancy uh, decorations they had out there on the lawn. Seriously. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I enjoyed, they were, I enjoyed 95% of the hmm. episode. Oh, good. I'll be interested to hear your JBG's in a hot second. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> all right. My, my opening take is that I am further take bunkered on the fact that I am not happy with uh, herself. Not happy with her comments. Just not a big fan. I, I, wish, I wish she did not do that. But I, I'm, again, I'm take bunkered and uh, no one can change my mind about that. Not even Mary. <laughs> I don't need to change your mind. I can just disagree with that. that that's true. That is true. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, Mary, you ready to, to uh, release the hounds? I sure am. All right, let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Kicking things off, we have Rosemary Knight, who wrote in from the website. Uh, If I could get my computer to work Well, Rosemary said, I'm going to agree with Blake on his criticisms of this episode. All right, way to begin. All right, I like it. Let's do it. She said, the first problem is that there were too many storylines going on at once, and they didn't really meld together all that well. And you can't blame that on the book, because very little of this episode came directly from the book. The only storylines that came from the book were, one, the actual wedding, Two, Jocasta's backstory, although told for a different reason, and the whole Wiley thing. However, his storyline was not fleshed out completely. As a result, it was confusing and left more questions than answered. I read the book and am still trying to completely understand what Claire and Jamie were trying to accomplish in the episode. The second problem is that the showrunners are focusing more on the moments from the books rather than the fleshed out storylines. Meryl Davis said as much in her post-episode discussion, book readers aren't looking for moments. If those moments aren't part of the fleshed out storyline... Those moments are meaningless. That stable scene, hashtag our children are awake, in case people can't hear that. (laughs) The stable scene fell flat because there was no real buildup to it. It felt shoved into the episode to make book readers happy. As a book reader, I don't want that. If the writers can't include iconic moments into the storyline they've chosen for the show, then don't include them at all. Now, Peg, what are your thoughts on on uh, Rosemary's opinion on this. <laughs> um, I wasn't listening. <laughs> oh, well, she was just saying, like, you know, they're including these little bits and pieces that book readers would have been looking for, too, such as having Rumpy Pumpy in the stable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she's saying, you know, in the books, they have time to breathe. There are these different moments that right. have time to be fleshed out and that... The show winners should not just be throwing them in there if they don't get to have the room to breathe that they deserve. Yeah, and the and the one scene that I was disappointed in, I felt that's exactly that reason. It was just, it, there wasn't enough time build up to really feel the scene, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to, so... Um, but you know they've got they've got so much to cover, you know, and I know it's a difficult thing for them to do, yes. you know, but you know, and coming at you know, and as a book reader that we are, both of us are, 
uh, I think sometimes you have a tendency to fill the blanks in in your head while you're watching the show, Mm -hmm. you know, so people that are just show watchers are kind of like, well, why did they do that? Or, you know, I didn't get that. So, yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. So awesome. Bro PS mm-hmm. also said Diana has every right to say the show screwed up. She, oh, Blake's, Blake's going to miss this one. <laughs> Ooh, he's going to miss this one. Um, she does tell the production stuff, but they often choose to ignore her. The problem is when the show screws it up, it reflects on Diana. She doesn't say too many negative things about, oh, Blake, just in time. Bros Bros PS completely disagrees with you, saying Diana has every right to say that the show screwed up. She does tell production stuff uh, staff, but they don't often choose. They often choose to ignore her. The problem is when the show screws it up, it reflects negatively on Diana. She doesn't say too many things about the show negatively, but she doesn't pull any punches when she disagrees. Nor should she have to. Uh, You know what? She's right. Or Bros PS, whatever. You're right. She can absolutely say whatever she wants, whenever she wants, to the production staff, to the people who create the show. She shouldn't have to pull punches with the people who create the show. But when it comes to publicly doing it, it it would be like Matt Roberts saying, yeah, yeah, the whole thing, all, all that writing, all the stuff that we did, that direction, all of it, yeah, it sucked. Could you, like, could you imagine if that happened? It it would be it would it, 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 oh my god I mean it's a choice it's a choice oh. that you know oh. on the flip side Diana stands by what she says you know That's and sure great not publicly say it all you want to the people who create the show it I think it's a great makes idea me feel better though about not enjoying that scene it really <laughs> does if Diana came out and was like this was one of my favorite episodes loved the barn loved the sex. You know, I would be there being like, did I miss something? What? Yeah. It kind of makes you know, me feel okay with it. Does Does everybody know which scene we're talking about? I don't think we've mentioned that. Oh, we haven't. That- Fill in, Peg. <laughs> the, um, actually, the, the, the scene with them in the, uh, in the barn, mm-hmm. getting it on, you know, after having a big old argument, um, it, it, it was just, it was too rushed. There was no sexual tension built up. Yep. It was just slam bam. <laughs> you know, we're done. Mm-hmm. And when things don't make sense to me, it bothers me. Like, you know, when he when they were up against the wall and he says look you know, down. Look, look down. Well, how are you going what are you going to see? You have all this too this, much clothes. Too too much clothes. You're just <laughs> in your wedding finest, sir. Right. Yep. <laughs> And the fact that what 1700s barn has that much light in it, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, you know, so I thought the lighting was bad. It was rushed. Um, the only thing that I enjoyed about it was um, Jamie looked pretty hot, disheveled and drunk. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And proud and proud <laughs> and proud. And, and, the, and the, the quiet time afterwards with the chat, you know, that those are the moments that, that I enjoy the most. Yes. You agreed. Know. And mind you, it's, like it's in Jamie and Claire's character to have angry sex. It's, it's something they do. It is a way that they reconnect. Yep. It's a, it's a great way to, that they make up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I'm unlike you, Blake, I'm fine that she voiced her opinion. I'm fine that she kind of stands by it because as I said, it kind of uh, makes me feel okay that I didn't feel great about that scene. And sure. I really, I enjoyed a lot of this episode, even though it was a bit different than what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed this episode for the most part, aside from that. So then to hear Diana say a little bit about it made me feel better. Uh, you know, I, and well, it I, made me feel, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Peg, go ahead. <laughs> it made me feel better that she had the exact opinion that I had of it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. And I'm sure you too, Mary, right? Yes. Yes. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's great to be validated. And you know what? Again, her opinion is valid. It's it's actually, in my opinion, it's correct. I, I, I agree with her 100%. I just, I don't think it's the proper thing to do to go publicly with that. It all goes back to the Godfather. Never hang your dirty laundry in public. Never hang. <laughs> and, and you never take sides against the family. You don't do it. You just don't do it. 
So I, I can't I can't get on board. Moving with that. on yes. to Facebook, v- Vicky mm-hmm. Johnson, who is here in the uh, Facebook uh, clan gathering, joining us right now. She says there is no way to win in this situation with Diana. If they did it worse than the book, the time to state that is back when it could do some good. Publicly stating it later was not as classy as she usually is. Mm, I'm just gonna go there and say yes. I agree. <laughs> Veronica chimes in. She says, thank God Roger was Blake's good this time. Yes. Roger has a harder time earning Blake's approval than Jamie's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, Katie Sullenberger writes it on Facebook. Thanks for always taking the time to talk about the people behind the camera, Blake. I never used to pay attention to that, and now I find myself recognizing names because of you. Oh, thank you. Dorinda Wilson-Noah wrote in on Facebook saying the only good thing about Tryon was the embroidery on his jacket. And <laughs> Dorinda... Seriously. So much embroidery porn. Oh my goodness gracious. It was stunning. What did you think of the costumes this episode, Peg? Oh, like you said, all the embroidery. My goodness, how long did it take to make those costumes? You know, I always think, you know, the uh, production wise, you know, what it takes to put a show like that together Mm -hmm. as well as they do. Yeah pretty awesome you know go actually going back to the previous one that about about the people behind the camera you know that's the reason why uh, we call that out on on our podcast it's because that's actually how i got into like loving movies and loving films and everything is seeing patterns and seeing people behind certain projects that i liked and noticing that oh my god it's the same person it's i i remember back when i was like 14 or 13 to 14 where I was like, oh my God, I really like Jerry Bruckheimer films. I don't know why, but I really like them. And and then I just started noticing all the different people he was using and all the different actors. And so that's the purpose. And I, and I kind of want to give that experience to you guys at the same time with the show that you absolutely love most, which is Outlander, noticing the patterns of all the people that do the things that you love. That's the reason why we do it. And I think that's that's the best option. That's the way that I like to learn. I don't know. That's just me though. Well, Peggy, uh, while we're in the middle of this listener feedback, I want to know, Peg, what is your GBG of this episode? You're good, you're bad, and you're great. Oh, actually, stop. I have the the kilt rating. That's what always comes first. Your kilt rating on a scale of one to five kilts. What is it, my friend? 4.4. Ooh. Now, is that low for you or is that an average for you? Because sometimes people are, are hard scorers. Well, you know, I was a, a, a fiber for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, you know, maybe I need it, it can't be perfect. You know, five's perfect. So, um, it, it was the stable scene that that took it down for me. Yeah. You know. And then what and was then your GBG? The bugs gave me the heebie-jeebies. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wanted to keep swatting. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, and, and great, um, I think uh, Maria and uh, Duncan did a fabulous yes. job with their scene, you know, that, that that pulled out all the feels. They were you know. so good. I said they it in were. the last yeah. episode that this was like my favorite time to see Jocasta and, and Murta together. Um, you just really felt their love. You felt the pain that they were going through. You mm-hmm. felt their dynamic. So I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. A fantastic bit. All right, the next one comes from uh, Dorinda Wilson-Noah. I already read that one. Oh, sorry, I I, I apologize. The next one comes from Cece's, uh, no, Katie Valentine. Wow, man, I am, like, you know, I'm just all thrown off. Uh, Katie Valentine says, Jamie and Claire exhibiting signs of abusive and toxic relationship ruined it for me. Alas, season five post-murder cabin has been thumbs down for me. You know, Peg, I'd I'd love to get your opinion on this. Are, Are Jamie and Claire exhibiting signs of an abusive and toxic relationship? No, I just think they're being normal. <laughs> Husband and wife's fight, you know. And, you know, I don't want to say I was going to say in the book, they, you know, they, they kind of get into kinky stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. that's not on the, in, right, Mary? It's yes. To each their the own. Yes. 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 I mean, you mean, you mean <laughs> holding knives to each other's throats while you have sex is normal? I mean, uh, I, I mean, I know that, I know that's a thing, you know, it could be. <laughs> well, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you know, 
CC Lanterman Smith said, is anyone else starting to feel like Sam and Kat are getting just a little too weary of playing these characters? Normally they are both so strong, but they fell flat in this episode. Maybe I'm influenced by their recent press. Sam doing press for Bloodshot, talking about how nice it was to play a different character. And Kat yesterday answering questions live on Twitter. Just got the feeling they were both anxious to move on. Hmm. Well, I'll be real with you because of everything that's been going on in the world. Um... I've really just been focused on Outlander as Outlander. Mm -hmm. I have not been following their outside work recently, nor their outside kind of social media bits. Um, Just because my life has been consumed with taking care of my four and six-year-old and learning how to do (laughs) Common Core math overnight. (laughs) Not the easiest thing I've ever done. Don't nobody know how to do Common Core math. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) But to be honest, like I, I, I did not like the Jamie and Claire scenes in this episode. It was my least favorite part of this episode. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that it was any fault of Sam and Kat. And to be honest, I'm really excited to see what they bring to the table in the latter part of this season because that's when they said as producers, they were able to voice their opinions even more. I think actually that they are going to be more invested in the show than ever now that they have a bigger say and uh, a bigger credit into it. So what do you think, Peg? Yeah, I think I heard that too. They, they weren't as involved as producers in the first half of the season, but mm-hmm. more so the second half. So it'll be interesting to see if we can notice any changes. Uh, the next one comes from Meredith. She says, five plus kilts for me. This felt like the I- outlander I know and love, even more so than episode 501. The cinematography was gorgeous and it felt a lot like season one. And I'm a very visual person. So if the show has too much obvious green screen, it takes me out of the moment and it makes me feel like I'm watching a stage performance. But the good, I really enjoyed the scenes with Roger and Bree for the first time ever. It didn't seem forced, and finally Roger makes the right choice for his clan and earns the respect he deserves. I also love any th- time they talk about the conveniences they miss. Tissues and meds, etc. I, I, I tell you, I mean, this is me. I, going back to Led Zeppelin, I always thought that was one of the coolest call-outs and comments that they ever made. I just, I don't know, it was just... I don't know, it was interesting that you wouldn't expect Led Zeppelin to be on Outlander, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, The bad, I hated to see Jocasta leave her daughter on the road. As a mother, there is no way Mm -hmm. I would have got back in that carriage without my child. Agreed. And uh, the great, like I said in the beginning, the cinematography was beautiful, and next week looks intense. Now, we, Blake and I, have not watched the trailer for next week's episode. That is of course something that we're going to be doing at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. So, and I usually do watch the episodes without you, but I haven't seen the trailer at all. No, we have not. We haven't seen a thing. Yeah. I'm excited to see what looks so intense. This will be interesting. I'm ready. All right. So Mm -hmm. emails. Uh, We got a uh, email from Stephanie. She says, Oh, stats uh, are for nerds time. Uh, Since someone wrote and confused by the opening acapella singing, this is actually called line singing or lining out. It's a very traditional style of music we attribute to Appalachia in the parts of the South, brought to the mountains by Scots in the 18th century. So not only is Bear bringing the heat by highlighting historically accurate music for the 18th century Scottish immigrants, I think it's also a tip to the hat to the Frasers. Jamie and Claire are no longer separated or on the run. They have land and a community they have created. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that the music is no longer a single singer, but a chorus of voices rising together. Mary, I will defer to you as the music nerd. Yes, 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 yes. Stephanie 100% is right. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) All right, good. (laughs) Terry wrote in and said, my good, finally some redemption for Roger. I loved that he saved the day and hopefully earned some respect from the settlers on the ridge. Now Terry's better. Ooh, so maybe like her great, but like a remix on the on the on the on the great. I love that they finally added a real sex scene for Jamie and Claire this season. And while that scene wasn't my favorite and could have been stronger, sex comes in many forms, especially for a couple who has been married for a while. I've been married for twenty one years, and it's nice to see them keeping it real. I've enjoyed their non sexual intimate moments, like their walk in the woods in Brownsville mm-hmm. and their pillow talk this episode. Their love and connection is evident in many other ways. And finally, Terry's best is so happy that Myrta came back to see Joe Casta, and we will have some 
some closure with that relationship. I wasn't sure where it was going, but feel like Jocasta made the right decision for herself, given her history and the situation. That being said, I'm still heartbroken for both of them. The scene had me in tears. Can't Murtaugh just give up this regulator BS? Thanks for a great show. I look forward to it every week. Well, thank, thank you, Terry. You. Thank you very much. Peg, what do you, you think? Yeah, Peg. Do you think Murtaugh should just kick out this regulator BS? <laughs> um, obviously, he's he's a man with a mission. Yes. And it doesn't look like he's, he's going to stop. So it's probably going to be his doing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Undoing, I should say. Yes. Unfortunately. Uh, Heather in Canada chimes in. She says, I've been listening to the show for a couple of years now. Oh, Canada. Uh, she, she loves it. We are the best. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you, Heather. Heather. Uh, we make it fun and uh, love the format that Blake has not read the books. Well, you are welcome, my friend. Um, okay, for the kilt rating, she's giving it 4.7 kilts. The good was Roger finally feels like Roger from the books. Uh, Peg, I, I don't remember. Did you You read the books, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Roger is the Roger of the book so far, or yet? Not yet. No. Agreed. No, we we haven't seen him. This episode was Roger. Was oh, yeah. We we got a we got a a glimpse of who Roger is in this episode, and that I should I should have mentioned that's the one thing you know that I did enjoy. You know, he's finally coming into his own. I think. Yes. You know. But, you know, anyone would have a hard time with a father-in-law like Jamie Fraser. So mm-hmm. <laughs> right. uh, The bad was uh, that stable is actually full of horse poop. poop. Uh, so As LOL. all stables are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, the great was Maria and Duncan. What a great job mm-hmm. they did. Their acting chops are sensational. As a book reader, I'm very disappointed in the stable scene. Although in the show, things have been switched in the book. There was other things going on in the book that introduced Bonnet's presence. Claire and Jamie were not dealing with Bonnet before their tryst. I feel that to have a sex scene like that, there has to be some passion. Being mad at my husband because he wants to gamble my wedding rings is very hurtful. And Jamie wanting to win yeah. in a game of whist to resort uh, to restore hurt pride is not sexual passion. Listen, I would not be having sex with you if no. you did that to me. <laughs> no, nope. I'd say you no. can sleep in Two the days barn to alone. Pull down after yeah. that. you can sleep in this poopy barn, right? Uh, in, right in that corner over there. Yeah. I know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the book, there were those feelings as well, but there was also jealousy. And show Jamie was not jealous, so to have an unbridled sex scene was very odd and very not in the moment. They should have had a tender sex scene to apologize if they had one at all. I almost feel it was put in last minute for book fans so they could accommodate the storyline for Murta. Kind of wish they left the sex right out of it. Uh, but I have reread the scene uh, in the book, and all is right in my it head. It cleansed it for you. <laughs> yes. Well, it goes back to that conversation that we had on last episode moments versus scenes. And this was a moment that I don't think was entirely earned. Well, I. I can appreciate that. Gretchen mm-hmm. wrote in and said, Hey guys, I hope you're staying safe and somewhat sane during what Mary would call an interesting time. <laughs> Good use of the word interesting, Gretchen. I discovered Outlander, the show, about two years ago and have devoured the show and all of the books the last two years. The first three seasons were just magical and beautiful and I was so excited to watch season four in the same timeline as everyone else. But starting with season four, I've been noticing that the show is just clunky. The dialogue is clunky, the writing is odd, and it feels as though it's the show is trying to be too many things to too many people. I'll tell you something. Ron Moore was gone. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if the reason the show is suffering so much is because the main storyline of seasons one through three with Jamie and Claire's relationship survive against the backdrop of the Jacobite uprising in the aftermath is gone. While there were other plot points happening those seasons, the driving force through those seasons was the relationship and how they're going to make it work. Starting with season four, the will the relationship survive question has been answered and the driving force behind the show has ended. It feels like the writers are trying to cram in too much story to make up for the lack of the driving force between the first few seasons and it makes everything clunky between Claire training Marcelie, Roger and Bree's marital issues and the search for Bonnet Mur- Murta and Jocasta, the regulator plot plus the whole episode of the week type complex there's just too much to pay attention to and I have whiplash 
And the whole Jamie going after Bonnet thing is just so tired. While I think Bonnet being interested in Jemmy and using him for his own gain is super compelling, I find the Jamie's need for a revenge story to be overkill, especially on top of the regulator story. So I'll tell you this, Gretchen. James Fraser is a Taurus through and through, <laughs> and you do not mess with a Bulls family. No, you mess with you the bull, with the you bulls get the family, horns. and they're going to come after you. It doesn't matter if there's one, two, ten, thirty people who've become after you or your family. They're going to get the horns in the bootay at some point because Taurus is forgive but never forgets. Yes, it, <laughs> it, it, things always go back to the Godfather, always. But in this case, it also goes back to the Breakfast Club. You mess with the bull. You get the horns, Bender. <laughs> you get the horns, Bender. Now, as I said, Ron Moore, of course, has been absent. Um, and that might have been some of what you might have felt as clunky as people transitioned into different roles. I will also say, from being able to binge seasons one through three continuously, um, there might have been some episodes that may not have been super duper great for you, but you were able to watch another episode quickly. Whereas now, since season four, you've been watching it in real time like the rest of us, where you can digest things. And if things don't bother you, or if things do bother you, it might ruminate with you a little bit more. And you might mm. say, yeah, it doesn't feel the same. So I'll tell you this, like when the next Dratlander happens, see if when you do your rewatch and rewatching all seasons one through five, how you feel about it. I think that the thing we're, they're, we're trying to balance too, not necessarily the writers, not necessarily um, that, that room, but really Diana's story as a whole is passing the torch and is expanding the family Mm -hmm. and that is starting in season four really letting Bree and Roger's marriage breathe a little bit more and as the characters of Fergus and Marsley are now fleshed out a little bit more in the show letting their characters breathe a little bit more so it is different I will agree with you but it also makes me think that you know Jamie and Claire what started as just two people has now blossomed into this larger family and it all is thanks to them so Mm -hmm. I say have faith um, I'm I'm loving season five personally. I'm having a lot of fun with it, so I'm hoping that when you do get to rewatch it again, it might feel a little different. Actually, Mary, uh, one thing I want to bring up actually is I want to go back to the comment about Ron Moore. Yep. Uh, because somebody asks, "Oh, what happened with Ron Moore?" That's uh, one on Instagram, and um, you know, R- Ron. You know, for those who don't necessarily know, Ron has taken a step back from the show. Technically. Yes. Within quotations, he is still the showrunner uh, per se. I, he, you know, he does have control over the show. I guess he does still take part in the editing bay. I think that's he's come out publicly saying that's his favorite part of that's cool doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm not going to lie. I I have noticed a difference in how the show has been created um, and how it has been run mm-hmm. since he took a step back in the, toward the beginning of season three um, and especially in season four. And now I'm not going to say especially season five, but there has been a slight shift, I think, in how things are produced. I would be surprised if there wasn't a slight shift. I don't think that there could have been a seamless, perfectly seamless transition. Um, you know, you kind of got the training wheels. Didn't we have training wheels pretty much for season three? Was he kind of letting people take the reins here? Yeah, and there? like like he still he like he still wrote an episode in season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he wrote the battle joined, uh, and in and in seasons past he had wrote written a number of episodes. So season four was the first season he had not written in an episode, and clearly in season five they've really transitioned to Matt being the yes. guy. Um, and, and it's funny because in season four, it was Matt and Tony. Uh, and in season five now, it just seems like Matt's show. Why do you think, Peg? I don't know. Um, because Tony's still involved. She's written some episodes, correct? Oh, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So maybe she decided on her own to take a step back and just, you know, be involved with the writing. That would be me. Well, I'd be well, like, but I don't you never like know what charge. power plays are going on I behind know. the scenes, too. I know. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I don't yeah. think it's a coincidence that they had a big um, exodus of writers and talent in season three. Because uh, after season two, that's when Iris Stephen Bear left. That's when Ann Kenny left. That's when Joy Blake left. You know, like, I, I think she, she left right after her first episode in season four, I think. But I mean, like all these people left that were like the part of the old school gang and 
and they had that major exodus. Like even Steve McNutt, my my one of my Outlander binkies, the 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 DP, mm-hmm. he's gone. He left after season three. Yeah. So, you know, it's that's what's happened. Yeah, it's that's just what, that's a, what's it is happening. a change, and it would be extraordinary if there hadn't been a little bit of a change. So we have some feedback on OutlanderCastClan.com. Mary Beth Sheets says, "For me, the barn stuff lacked the run up that the book offers. More Jamie and Claire frisky business in the shrubbery. More interactions and tensions with other people. Other storylines like the sword rumpy pumpy in season one. There were multiple scenes that built the tension to the emotional release revealed on the rug, and then." ratcheted up with a with a leg hair angle we had none of that here even with the bonnet closing scene best with this was the uh jocasta <laughs> how do you say that jocasta, jocasta. like Mar- marta but jocasta but yes oh. it's, yeah, but it's can very we, can we all just agree that it's mercasta yeah mercasta is the best a one. lot easier to say yes. <laughs> let both actors shine and let the emotions breathe agreed and uh lore beth sh- says uh this one was a weird episode for me it was kind of all over the place i only watched it once maybe if i go back and rewatch, i will be able to see that bread comes better maybe and oh they just gave bonnet more maniacal planning fodder he truly is what nightmares are made of i got fairly lost in the ring horse transaction but i guess it makes sense above the web and as you guys tend to say it's not the thing it's the thing that gets you to the thing ooh thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for recognizing that <laughs> that is a fantastic call and catch fire reference and i'm glad you're that is stuck with you uh, it's not the thing it's the thing that gets you to the thing Jocasta's backstory was heartbreaking and truly sad that she insisted on foregoing any future happiness because of past woes. But I do understand her reasonings. I was once married to a drunk. I keep an almost always dry house. And when I did remarry, it wasn't to a person who drinks. The barn was weird. All the watch me stuff. Hey, Jamie, is somebody else's barn the best place to try your your new kink? (laughs) 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 Yeah, you know... I I wanted to talk about that in the last episode, yeah. but like I wasn't sure if I heard it right. I wasn't sure if I was processing what yeah. he was doing right. Yeah, he was like really proud of himself and wanted her to look down. Yeah, like I was like, <laughs> is, is that is that happening? Like, am I am I? He's maybe like, my brain was short circuiting. Look at we Jamie. Look yeah, at, <laughs> <laughs> ain't so we right now. <laughs> so yeah, you know, Peg, did you catch on to that when that was going down? Well, that's that's direct from the book. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. But she was just in a shift. Got the whole, it. The way the scene started. So yeah. it, it made sense in the book. But, I mean, even in this scene, you didn't even see him, sorry, take his pants no, down. No, no. Yeah, right. I don't right? Know. It was weird. He's like, watch me. Like, okay, watch you do what? Watch you, like, watch what? you like drive hu- dry hump like dry a 16-year-old. <laughs> Why are you humping my belly button? Like, like what is With all that? these clothes on. She probably couldn't even oh. felt anything I know. through all the layers of her dress. <laughs> is it happening? I'm done. <laughs> Oh, Lynn Henderson. (laughs) Lynn Henderson wrote in, yeah, this episode felt a little off for me, but I don't know why until watching the podcast. I agree, Blake. The problem with the episode is that there are too many storylines going on, so it felt choppy and kind of all over the place. It's hard to say right now in the middle of the season, but I think we needed each story to be told. But telling them all within the same episode was a risk that I don't think completely paid off. I have to re-examine once the season ends. That being said, I really loved the Mercasta uh, really love Mercasta of it all, surprisingly. I loved Murta and I love his arc this season, but I could never get behind the relationship with Jocasta. It always felt a little forced to me, but I just loved the scene with the two of them. It just broke my heart. Mm-hmm. First ugly cry of this season, but it was all worth <laughs> it just for this scene. Before I go, Blake, I know you are not a fan, but you must really follow Tim Downey on Twitter and Instagram. Recently, he and Kyle Reese, John Quincy Myers, have started an Outlander baking challenge. They even got Sam and Kat on it. It's been really fun following them through this all this insanity between them and the clan on Facebook. It's really helped me keep my spirits up. Thanks so much to everyone in the clan family. Hope you're all staying safe and 
sane being stuck at home. It's not, it's not that I hate Tim Downey. I don't I don't mind the guy. I'm sure he's a nice dude. Like, I'm sure I'd have a beer with him and, and be fine with it. But just his his voice, it's just like, it's a, it's the same way with the guy who played the Bonnie Prince. So I'm sure he's a nice dude. I just, I couldn't stand his face. I just didn't, <laughs> like, I just wanted to punch his face all the time because he was such a little rat. Now, Peg, have you been following this Outlander Baking Challenge? I have. Tell me what is that? What is the hashtag? Is it Outlander Baking? Like what? It's they're on Twitter. Yeah. So if you follow any of them on um, Twitter, yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you can see that. But <clears throat> Tim Downey is actually an awesome baker. Oh wow! In really? His own, in his own right, yeah. Huh? Like really, really good. <laughs> like if if you go onto his his Twitter, you know, you can see the pictures of the cakes that he's made. Like mm-hmm. he made this awesome frozen cake for his daughter um it yeah nice i don't know how the man learned how to how to do that but he does pretty darn good well it's really cool yeah, i will admit now he's a better man than i okay <laughs> all right everybody all right he's a better man than i all right jennifer chimes in she says hey mary and blake this is jennifer from florida who is still a south carolinian at hot this is my first time writing in and of course i have to tell you how much i love y'all Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Wanted to give you my thoughts on 506. I have pretty much the same GBGs as you all. The good was Roger. The bad was the stable sex. And the great, of course, was Marcasta. I'd like to dive a little into the stable sex scene. Normally, I'm all for for a spontaneous romp in the hay. Sign me up. But you are right. Jamie and Claire didn't earn it this time. Mm. All the show had to do was just flip the scenes of the stable sex and the scene of them afterwards when they were being normal, Jamie and Claire. The intimacy they shared after the sex and when Jamie gave Claire back the rings was spot on. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Touche. Thank you very much for that commenting. I think, I I, I agree. Actually, if you switched them, it might make a little bit more sense to me. Peg, would you agree with that? Switch the scenes? Yeah, like if well, the you know if the if the stuff happened after actually happened before. I don't know because you know he was all hot and bothered for for Claire, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so I couldn't. I I don't see having that quiet, intimate a moment and then getting down <laughs> to business. So. Touche, touche. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Marvin, you ready for the uh, voicemails? Sure am. Let's do it. Hey, Mary and Blake, it's Cheryl from Waitstone, Virginia calling again. Hi, Cheryl. I am calling in about episode 506, Better to Marry Than to Burn. I have a five plus, 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 plus on this episode. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I cried, I smiled, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorites, so I loved the respect that Roger finally got from the tenants. Yay, finally. Um, I thought he did a great job. I loved the scene between Claire and Jamie in the barn, and especially when he said, look down. (laughs) So, and when Jamie's hair finally came out of that, like, um, new pony boy tail that they got him in, and I saw a few of his locks, whoo, yes, Mm -hmm. finally. All right. Thirdly, what is Jocasta thinking? So, she wants Riverboy Innes instead of Silver Fox Murtaugh? Crazy. Oh, my God, she must be blind. Uh, Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, Bonnet at the end. Oh, my God. I hate me physically. Hold on. (laughs) She must be blind. Oh, wait. (laughs) Instant Hall of Fame status. Instant (laughs) Hall of Fame status. Cheryl, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Welcome. Shiver, he is so evil, and I can't wait to see what they do with him next. So, thanks for making us laugh, you guys. We certainly need it right now. Uh, stay safe, wash your hands, and I'll talk to you again later. Oh, Bye-bye. Cheryl, Cheryl, you Thank just you, made Cheryl. me laugh. Oh my god, that was freaking awesome. <laughs> that was <laughs> all right. Here we Ending go. Ending on a high note. Oh, that was it, good. Right? That was good. Hello from the Highlands of Scotland. It's Kirsten Lang here. Hey, Kirsten. Giving you my take on the episode. A good. The healing flashback, a perfect start to the episode, to look at Jocasta's backstory and just see the true cost of her connection to that Jacobite gold. She doesn't have much luck with her husbands, and it turns out Hector's a worse shot than Roger. The bad, <laughs> stable sex. There was nae rumpy, just pumpy. It does matter nothing when characters have squabble sex. It's unrealistic. There they are on screen doing their dingers, i.e. fighting, and ping, it's nookie time. 
I've been with my hubby 30 years and never during a stand-up screaming Barney fight have I ever suddenly felt, hey, fancy some Bobby Burnson. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> the great Marcasta. Their scene together was pure gold, emotional uh... and heartbreaking. And I love the touch of the Luck and Booth brooch. It's a traditional Scottish love token, often given for betrothal or wedding gift. You're a bit late with that, Murter, my man. That's all from me. Take care, everyone, and stay safe. Oh, two, oh, thank you, Kirsten. Good. Two Hall of Fame callers right in a row. Excellent. I'll Just take it. we need, right? Oh, man, that was great. That was great. Hey, Marianne Blake. This is Kalia from Australia with Hi. listener feedback for Better to Marry Than Burn um, episode. I am giving it a 4.7 um, kilt rating. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, my good, bad, and great. So, my good, I love the set uh, for Joe Custer's wedding. So gorgeous. Can I renew my vows there? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Please, um, please, please, please. I love Roger's line about the runaway cow. Like, no, I thought I'd get a runaway cow, but no, I get a biblical plague. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, my bad was Wiley and that makeup. Ooh, kind of look like the Joker, man. He needs all the minutes with you, Mary. Um, <laughs> and my final great, uh, the opening shot of Scotland <sighs> yes. made me tear up because yes. we were actually booked to go for a holiday to Scotland Aww. next week. And, you know, everything going on in the world, we've had to cancel and Aww. we don't know when we'll be able to rebook. And, um, yeah. It's pretty, pretty sad, pretty devastating for us, but we will get to Scotland. Um, yeah. So thank you, Mary and Blake, for continuing to do your podcast because they certainly bring a smile to my face when times are so uncertain. Thanks, Mary. Like, bye. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Kalia. You like how she's like, oh, thanks, Mary. See ya. Oh, oh yeah, you too, Blake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you too, bye. It's okay, Kalia. It's fine. <laughs> Out of the circle of trust. That's what that is. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Janine from Pennsylvania. Hey, Janine. The stress of the corona craziness has caught up with me this weekend. Oh. I'll admit, there were tears. There were also quite a few drinks, yeah. which made this episode such a good time. Uh, I know this episode got a mixed bag of reviews, but for me, it felt like Outlander again. I resonated with Roger. He thought he would have to mend a fence, and yet he gets a biblical plague. We thought we are going to gear up for spring break, and yet we get pestilence. The locust scene was creepy, crawly, and ominous as hell, and it was very well done. Although some of the smoke CGI, not so great. Speaking of creepy, creepy crawly, Wiley was revolting. I bet... Claire wishes they were practicing some social distancing because she can need some hand sanitizer after that and a shower after the mm-hmm. neck attack. Wiley was straight out of the Valkyrie from Twilight with that move and all that face powder. <laughs> also, Claire, don't follow a man who wants to show you his pride and joy. Ew. Two last thoughts. Ulysses was so sassy and had so much toot in this episode, mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. Ulysses? More like you sassies. Mm. <laughs> and how does Fancy Pippin know about the connection between Jemmy and Brianna and Stephen Bonnet? What? Someone oh. explain that one for me. Okay, that's all I got. Oh. Peace out, stay sexy, and don't get corona. Oh, man, you sassies and Fancy Pippin. <laughs> oh, my God, man, right? Man, are bringing it today. That is awesome. <laughs> Fancy Pippin knows. So, of course, he knew Brianna was pregnant. And he was then in the back of the room when Jamie was the <laughs> being the witness and Jocasta wrote, you know, that Jemmy is going to be getting River Run. And then Bonnet must have just told him. Bonnet must have said, I raped James Fraser's daughter. Mm-hmm, absolutely. By the way, Janine. And she had a baby of mine. Janine, by the way, uh, I am instantly... I mean, literally, after this podcast is done, I'm going to the Mary and Blake store and making a fancy Pippin t-shirt. <laughs> that is absolutely going to happen. Oh, man, that was awesome. Thank you so much for that. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Sharon calling from Chicago. Hey, Sharon. I to give this episode a 4.5. My good was Jocasta. I really loved how she nailed Murtaugh by saying, you know, I'm not going to marry another guy who gives up everything for a cause. She just nailed it. That's exactly what I thought about Murtaugh, too. And God bless Jocasta. Um, my great, oh, my bad, was anything in that stable. Mm -hmm. That kissing, 
oh, terrible. All of it. Didn't like any of it. <laughs> um, and my great, I think, would be Roger. And I have to say that I was a little confused in the beginning at first. And then I thought, okay, great. It's finally he has a time to shine, which is good. However, in the last episode, he said he was going to get them out to the stones. And I didn't see any of that urgency when it began. This episode began. I thought he would be like, okay, there's a circle here. Let's make a map. Let's make a plan. Bonnet's out to get you. I have to protect you. Um, but none of that was happening. And then we didn't have sort of that drama that stakes kind of being raised. And then maybe he would have realized that they have to stay here because the farmers need them, that he's got some ideas and some things they can actually bring to the table. Because Roger's very good at sacrificing himself when the chips are down. And we just haven't seen that yet this season. I think that would make him a lot more better. Thanks. Wow. Sharon, you're back. You're back. I really like this idea and I want to get your guys thoughts, especially you peg too. Um, do you like the idea of that urgency being there, but then having it be put aside because of the, because of the stuff with the locusts? Like, I always think to myself, I believe somebody when they're doing their absolute best to get the thing that they want. And when things get in their way, that's what stops them. Uh, so would it have made more sense, Peg, if you saw Roger be like, okay, uh, no, we, I don't care about this. We're going home. Let's go home. And Bree saying, no, no, we have to stay. We have to fix this. Peg, what do you think? Well, I, I think he's hesitant because they don't know if Jemmy can go through the stones or not. Mm, they don't point. know yet who the real father is so that's the thing that's anchoring them there you know if if they tried to go and both both of them except for jemmy could go through the stones and he's left behind you know i mean that would keep me there that would suck yeah absolutely mary you would do you do you agree well and also jamie and claire aren't back yet they can't just like pack up and write a little note Peaced out. Bye. Yeah, man, that, that's true. I mean, all fair. That would all, stink. All fair. So I, the stone door. Yeah, right? <laughs> Don't come get us. You know, like, <laughs> watch out for that fire. <laughs> all right, let's do the next one. Hi, this is Marsha from Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Marsha. Hey, talking about episode 506. I give this episode a 4.7. Too many moving parts. Um, I didn't think the writing and the editing um, were done very well at all. But having said that, my good Roger saving the day, um, fighting the biblical plague, um, the banter between him and Bree, it was just magic. Um, my bad Gerald Forbes. Um, I can't get the vision of Kate McKinnon playing Jeff Sessions, that weasley <laughs> character nibbling on the sesame seed. Ew. Um, and speaking of ew, Philip Wiley. Oh my gosh. I just... My skin was crawling when he was all over Claire, but I did like the beauty mark that he left on her shoulder. Um, brilliant. But my great was Mercasta. That goodbye. Oh my gosh. Heart wrenching. Um, I loved seeing Jocasta's backstory and how much pain she went through. And then Murtaugh's declaration of love. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just so wonderful to see those two strong stoic characters really show their vulnerable side and just really makes you want to root for them as a couple, even though it looks like it's probably doomed. Um, But yeah, I just wanted more. So uh, thank you guys for your wonderful podcast. Keep it up. See you next week. Thank you very much, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I can't believe I I can't believe I just did that. I'm sure she gets it all the time. So that just came out of me. I apologize. People always like, how does your garden grow? (laughs) (laughs) No joke. People say that all the time. I bet. I bet. (laughs) Hey everyone, this is Whitney from Alaska. Whitney. I hope everyone is doing well. Blake and Mary, thank you for bringing it with the podcast during this crazy time. I've Totally been enjoying the lives, and I hope everyone else is too. Oh, so for this episode, I I want to rate it a five. I thought it was awesome, but I'm going to preface this by saying I genuinely enjoyed all three of the Twilight films, and my taste <laughs> has been described as garbage by my friends. <laughs> and so uh, you can just take my uh, my thoughts with a grain of salt. 
hold on, Whitney. You got to say it right. And next time you call, I want you to say it She's right. She's from Alaska. No, no. She, you're calling into a podcast from the Northeast. You got to say garbage. That's how it goes. So next time you call, I need to say She's my taste is garbage. literal opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my good was Roger, who I'm now referring to as the biblical plague slayer. I just loved watching him crush it finally. I thought he was... Really, really cute and awesome in these scenes. My bad was definitely the sex scene, which I'm sure we're going to hear over and over. But here's my general rule of thumb. If I am laughing out loud during the sex scene, it means that it was not done well. Like if the awkward level is just so Mm. much that you can't control it, (laughs) not well. Okay, so we'll move on from that. My great was Maria. I thought she brought the special sauce and she just put it all over this episode. Yes. It's so fun to watch her. I loved learning more about her. Anyway, that's it. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Whitney. Peg, do you think that sex scene was laugh was was laugh worthy? I think one of the, I have my notes. I put cringe worthy. Ooh, you know what I will say? <laughs> At least some of some aspect of their sex is realistic. What do you mean? Because let's be real. If any of us were videotaped having sex, it would not be like the glamorous, like. <laughs> Normal oh. <laughs> Jamie Claire sex. It would yeah, be very be like, awkward. Like, like oh, ow, ow, my back. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe they did this on purpose so that we could feel like we could relate to Jamie and Claire. You know, like we've all had those times where we're like, oh, I'm gonna be really sexy right now, and I'm gonna try something different, or I'm gonna like initiate in a different place and be give like a sexy eye, and really it just failed terribly. <laughs> be like, what are you? Are, are you having a stroke? Are you, are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Jamie and Claire, for being normal like the rest of us. Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Kathy from Cleveland. Hey, Kathy. Here in Ohio, where we are now officially on a stay-at-home order. I hope everyone is staying safe and well and not going too stir-crazy. While I'm practicing my post-apocalyptic knitting and spinning skills, I took some time out for episode 506. And while it was far from perfect, I'm giving it 4.5 kilts. Okay. My good, which is really my great... There's no voiceovers. After last week, it was so refreshing to get back to show me, don't tell me. If this was a video call, you'd see me doing the Snoopy dance. (laughs) My bad. I thought we got rid of Mercasta in episode 501. So why on earth would they bring back Murta, a character that everyone loves, and turn him into a creep that just won't go away? Christ, man, you had your chance. (laughs) Coming back the night before the wedding and asking her to wait. Listen, Joe Casta. I've got two words for you. Swipe left. <laughs> but my great, and it really is great, is that Roger finally gets to do something right. Save the ridge from disaster. Give everyone a little confidence in him. Plus, they gave him the best line in the entire episode by far. You know, when your father left me in charge, I thought perhaps I'd have to mend the fence or wrangle the odd runaway cow. Mm-hmm. But no, I get a biblical plague. <laughs> Thanks for so keeping good. us all sane. Bye, guys. Thanks, Kathy. There's another Hall of Fame caller right there, earning her stripes right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Joe Casta, swipe left. <laughs> that was awesome. She got my memo not oh, to date a scrub. I might make I might make a, a, a Murta swipe left shirt now. <laughs> I might do it. Hey guys, it's Anna here from Canada. Hello. First time sure, long time listener. Well, let's just get right to it then. <clears throat> For my bad, I could hardly handle after J and C fought when Claire was slapping at Jamie again. Like, what the heck? Are we back at season one? Mm. And Claire gave those drinks to him. Oh, that just broke my heart. Mm-hmm. For my good, Seymour Casta again. Got me pumped. Yes. Good for Myrta on giving his feelings, despite everything that's happened already. I know. A little pudding. A little late, don't you think, Myrta? Mm. <laughs> Didn't expect to see him again. Ha. Huh. They keep surprising us yet. Great to see Roger and Bree getting along again. The Loka story and, oh, Adzo. Finally, Adzo! He's here. We knew it, Mary, didn't we? I know! Lastly, for my great, near the end of where Jamie and Claire are fighting, I had a feeling. Funny feeling. That, oh, we were going to get it. That rumpy pumpy that everybody keeps missing. <laughs> it wasn't good, was it? That's yes, right. We do get some spicy, and it <laughs> happened. No, they weren't naked or anything, but it still wasn't enough to give you those goosies. Ugh, 
then. Those men that seem to know Bonnet. Folks, we're getting closer. I, I feel it. Bonnet is coming. Yep, definitely. He's really coming back. I feel the heebie-jeebies. Yep, totally agree. Thank you. You're That's welcome. The Rumby po- A little Adso. He did not get enough time. Burn that little locust. <laughs> oh, Adso brought us a gift. And I was like, pet him, pick him up. Oh, he left. Three seconds. Gone. That's it. Oh, man. Got to see more of Adso's little little tail than than that wee little kitty. Oh man. Okay, let's do the next one. Okay, here's the last one. Let's uh, let's get it done. Okay. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Tracy from San Juan Capistrano, California. Hey, Tracy. Woo-hoo. Love listening to you on Outlander Cast. Thank you. Thank and you. also on This Is Us Too. Oh, thanks. Both of both are two of my favorite television shows. All right. I have two thoughts about season five of Outlander, and both have to do with Katrina and Sam becoming producers. Okay. Number one, Jamie doesn't shave anymore. In the previous seasons, he shaved, always, even under the most adverse situations. A clean-shaven man was a must. Who can forget the scene when he shaved on the boat? which led to some serious rumpy pumpy. Mm-hmm. I guess producer Sam thinks a rough face. Rough-faced Jamie is best, but I think not. The barn scene was rough, and I'm wondering again if the new producer, Sam and Katrina, want those intimate scenes played differently because they now have a say. If so, leave the fantastic chemistry between the characters they play alone. It's changing the essence of the show. Again, the boat Rumpy Pumpy was a great example of chemistry. Well, that's all I have to say on these matters. I love this season, and I think there are so many pluses to it in comparison to season four. But maybe our new producers need to keep some of their ideas to themselves. Thanks for your great podcast. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You guys got takes on? You got? You guys got takes? I don't think, I'm hoping, I am hoping in my deepest of my heart that Sam and Kat did not ask for the scene to be played out that way. Because I don't think that's what they would have wanted for Jamie and Claire. Peg, what do you no. got? No, I don't think so either. <laughs> they 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 own they both own their characters, you know, yep. and I, I no, I don't think they would have. All right, that is the final voicemail. Uh final thoughts for anybody before we get into the preview for The Ballad of Roger Mack. Mary, you got any final thoughts? Nope. Peg, any final thoughts that you got to get off your chest before we move on? I do, but it's not in regards to this episode. Okay, cool. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. That's okay. Yeah, that's perfectly um, fine. No, because it's just been bugging me. You know, the the big house. Yes. Okay. And Claire's surgery. Yep. Yes. The floor in her surgery with those open bricks. Yes. Not the clean. Stuff dripping down into it. <laughs> All the blood. <laughs> it's like, why did they do that? Oh my gosh, you're so, right. Ew. The, I just had to get that off my chest because it's been bothering me because it doesn't make sense. Like as clean as Claire is, and we all know that she is meticulous. There is no way that you can be like cleaning up that kind of no, no. situation. When he, she was doing that autopsy, you know, yes. stuff. But yeah. Oh, and it goodness. stays down in the cracks. No. Nice observation, Peg. Good I'm job. glad. Okay. Uh, maybe she's got a nice like steam cleaner, like Stanley Steamer in, in the <laughs> Listen, closet. That is not going to work on brick. <laughs> That's a valid, valid point. Valid point. It is a beautiful inside of a house, though. It, it is. It is. <laughs> I'll move in. All right. You guys ready for the preview ready, for the Ballad Peg? of Roger Mack? Sure. All right. Go let's do it. it. Let's do it. These insurgents wanted to fight, and they shall have one. There's talk of the tavern. The militia is preparing for battle. The regulators are across the Alamance Creek. I've come to warn you, Alamance. Some people consider this to be the spark of the American Revolution. Oh, yeah. His blood will soak this ground! Yeah. Help me! Yeah. I just got goosies. Yeah, this mm. th- this is the kind of thing that I think that we've been looking for uh, for this episode and for this season. I hope this is when things start to really congeal 
for mm-hmm. season five. Yes, yeah, I agree. And uh, it seems it seems fairly obvious that the Jamie in the red coat thing will be happening in this next episode. Why do you think it's called the Ballad of Roger Mack? Uh, if he's not even in that preview, I, that's that's a valid <laughs> point. Why don't they call it well, Alamance? I think Mary and I know what's coming. We do, uh, and I think it's fairly obvious what's going to happen to Roger Mack, which is he's going to get hurt and he's going to get really messed up somehow, some way. And my guess is that he's going to do something to help save Jamie or he's going to get messed up in battle or something's going to happen where he thinks he's a lot better than what he is and he's going to get messed up pretty good. That's just my opinion Interesting. For, what, for what it's worth. Interesting. For nice. what it's worth, Thanks, Peg. something bad's going to happen to him. Thank you, Peg, for that interesting. I can tell that it was a positive interesting. Okay, so how about Bree hearing the word elements and being like jumping on that horse got to go let people know oh yeah that was a nice shot too of her by the way uh, riding the horse like mm-hmm. in full steam ahead and i you know what i'm calling brie out on this one a little bit this is the spark that, that gets the revolution I, i'm a little out on that why because that was more the spark was more happening in boston later on okay so if that's later on then maybe this is the first little tinder spark sometimes those little listen she probably knows history better than you do it stood out enough to Brie where she knows it's a big enough battle that she remembered. Uh, okay, fine, 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 mm. fine. Did you know the battle? Uh, nope, I didn't. And here you are, a history major. Yes, I am. I was, at least. I got Roger the would to not be it. proud. <laughs> Roger would be very upset. Uh, okay, well, good. Uh, that's that's the end. That's the uh, that's the final bits here of, uh, of the listener feedback episode. We just did the, the final preview for next episode. Uh, listen, ladies and gents, thank you very much uh, for listening and uh, and watching us on Instagram Live, Facebook Live, Twitter, and all the good time stuff. Uh, and, and obviously, thank you to Peg, for, uh, our executive producer, for thank joining you, us on this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to uh, we're going to close out this episode. Mary, um, you have to vamp for me for just yeah. one minute, uh, if you could, please. Always. Well, speaking about Peg, I want to actually thank all of our most generous patrons uh, at OutlanderCastClan.com. You can, of course, join OutlanderCastClan.com for as little as $2 a month. That's less than you would have paid for a coffee. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not paying for a lot of coffees out right now. Are you? Probably not. And if you enjoy the content that Blake and I are putting out, um, really helping us out there makes a huge difference to keep this rolling. So I want to thank the associate producers, Angie, Candy, Carolyn, Celine, um, Dawn, Diane, Jeffrey, Jennifer, Marilyn, Maureen, Patricia, Savan, Stephanie, Valerie. Oh, there's my daughter. Of <laughs> <laughs> the co-producers, come here, baby. Amanda, Anley, Barbara, Dana, Janet, Keelan, Lori Ellen. She's gonna do a little trick for you guys. Come here, baby girl. Um, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Tina, Whitney. Come here. I want you to sing the the sea to sky. Come here. And then executive producers. Okay, honey. Okay. Here. I'm going to let you sing. Come here. Anne, Bobby, D, Jen, Katie, Kirsty, Martha, Nadja, Peg, and Sarah. Come here. You want to be in the studio? Oh, she said no she says, thank no, you. Thank you. She oh, comes well, in here all the time so to push all the buttons. <laughs> okay. All one right. Minute. Sweetheart, hold on one second. One minute. All right. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to close it out. And I want to say this. Okay. I just want to say that we're going to get some music pumping in here in just one okay. sec while I go take care of our kid. I just want to say, ladies and gents, we're all in this together. Okay. We're all in this together. Get out there. Stay safe, stay home, do the best that you can, wash your hands, mm-hmm. take care of yourselves, be cool to each other, and that's that. And with that in mind, I have something cool for you. Okay. Oh. oh. High School Musical. Oh, yeah. Those of you who've never watched High School Musical, now's the perfect time to just, like, savor in the overly sugary goodness that Disney plumped out with Zac Efron. <laughs> His crowning moment. Well, not his crowning moment, his breakout moment, I would say. Oh, yeah. But I frequently reference this song. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) It's pretty much the motto of the Larson clan. You know what I heard? He wasn't even singing in this. Uh, Most of it he was not. Yeah. It was written way too high for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. So I'm going to take care of our kid. Can okay. you close with the rest of the show yes, for me? Yes, I can. Okay, let's do that. So um, once again, sharing Outlander cast is super important because 
That's how people find out about new podcasts. They hear about it from word of mouth. So if you share, if you take a little screenshot of your podcast app while you're listening on your walk or while you're cooking or while you're cleaning or while you're just sitting on your couch chilling, um, share it in your stories, share it online, let people know what you've been listening to that's helping you feel connected during this time. Peg, I want to say thank you, my friend, so much for being here with us. Well, thank you, my dear. It really was. Especially now. You know what I mean? Like, especially now when we really need this face-to-face contact, right? Like, someone is answering you back in real time. It's not just like a text thing. Like, we're here. Oh, Zach Efron was just in my head. We're all here. Yes, we are, Zach Efron. (laughs) Oh, it wasn't even him. It was the other kid. It's okay. It's (laughs) It's a different character. Thank you, Peg. And thank you, everybody, for your support. And... Yeah, that's a scoop. All yeah. right, for now. My name's Mary. My name's Blake. And joining us, that's it. <laughs> and you've been listening to Outlander Cast. Together, together.